Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right. Welcome. It's a new day. It's a new episode of Your Daily Scrum. I'm professional scrum trainer Ryan Ripley. That is professional scrum trainer Todd Miller. As you've probably noticed, Todd's in a different location. Todd, where are you? I am in Burlington, Massachusetts, Ryan. What's in Burlington? Scrum Network headquarters. Nice. Yeah. Hanging out here for a few days. Todd a is the, with a product owner. Home of Scrum. He's, a, he's working in with a product owner, doing real Scrum stuff. That's good to see. Today's question, Todd. Actually, you know what? Before we get into the question, be sure to check out community.agileforhumans.com. It's a free community. Um, want you to check that out. Join. I think we're up to over. We have over a thousand people in there now, don't we? I think so. I think yeah. so. We've got a lot. I'm, I'm, you caught me off guard. I should know that. As a data nerd, I should know that. What are you doing? No, it's a, <laughs> it's a flourishing community, a lot of uh, interaction and insights. We've brought in uh, Daria Bajina. She's working uh, pretty closely with us on a bunch of stuff in there now. Uh, the framework course is in there. So if you want to check out our framework class and a lot of Daria's supporting materials, which are awesome for the in-the-trenches, on-the-ground uh, scrum master, uh, it's great. So get in there, check that out. Go over to YouTube, right? We launched the framework course on YouTube. Bunch of great stuff out there. Um, lots of freebies, lots of fun stuff. All right. Like and subscribe. Leave your comments, leave your questions. Plenty of introductory stuff. Todd, why should a product owner order the product backlog? So you're working with a product owner now. Why would you tell this product owner, hey, you really need to order the product backlog? So um, let me say that first, I think that you should order the top of the product backlog. Right, right, right. Like to go through and spend a lot of time ordering the entire product backlog probably isn't worth it. But I think the act of ordering product backlog from a product owner's perspective, from a product owner lens, just gets you into the mode of being a decisive decision maker. Right. You were you were literally saying that I believe this thing here is a is is of a greater value proposition than this thing below it. And I'm explicitly stating that in this top portion of the product backlog. I am 
making that decision. I, I think just the act of that alone has the product owner in a deci- more decisive making mindset, which I think is 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 important. Um, yeah, now, and, yeah, you're also yeah. making those trade offs explicit, right? So as I'm making these very discrete decisions, I have to think about the implications of this this particular item being higher than this particular item, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of important to think through. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I like kind of like what you said there because there's other things you need to make. Like, um, should this one go before this one? Right? Maybe we should talk to the developers and see maybe if we put this one before this one, uh, this one down here is easier to do. Right? Um, I need to have a conversation about that. Right? So. I think there's I, I, I think there's some some dependency stuff happening there too. Like this one has to go first. Maybe this is a go to jail one. We have to do this PBI. I want it to be urgent. I want it to earmark for that. Uh, I, I just uh, there's so many reasons that go into it. Other than you know we just I, I think the go to reason people are just like well you just pull from the top. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think it's more the act of a product owner being decisive and lending themselves to being able to make decisions based off of the order of the product backlog. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting viewpoint, right? Um, I think the order of a product, so not priority, we say order. You want to know why we don't use a priority, leave us a comment in the show notes. And maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Uh, but the order is important. It's an expression of value. I think that can also help with good uh, stakeholder management, mm-hmm. right? Showing the stakeholders what could be coming down the line is important. Having a discrete order shows what we value right now. Um, versus what we value to do later on could spark a conversation with your stakeholders as well. I think at a minimum, you've got to have your product goals ordered, right? To mm-hmm. give some mm-hmm. kind of roadmap. Yeah, like that. You know, remember product goals are part of the product backlog. They're not yeah. above it or around it. They're within it. Um, yeah. So I think that's important to think about. I do feel conflicted by this question because I also think that Dan Vicanti has a point when he says the ordering is far less important than flow. And so there's there's like these two competing ideas in my head that I know we need to order the product backlog, but if we optimize for flow, is that order as important? And, and I still think there's something to be said for putting the higher value things, the things that customers need higher up on the product backlog. I think a way to kind of find the middle ground between the two viewpoints is that uh, we don't sacrifice flow for order and mm-hmm. order doesn't have to be perfect in a system that has good flow. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? I, you know, is it this simple, Brian? Is it is it is it when it comes to the question about ordering? Is it as simple of at least we're thinking about it? Yeah. Is it? I, I think it may be that simple. I think it might be we're at least thinking that one thing could be more value or less valuable than another. Yep. And that those value propositions, we, we need to create micro focus around those experiments that we're going to have. And then the, the, the flow based pool stuff, right? The, the having a workflow and having explicit policies around one to pool tells you that at any given time when a team is ready to pool that you've at least thought about those things being valuable and ordered them in a way that you think makes sense. At least the top, at least the top of it. Right? Yeah. And I think understanding that one sprint review could change the whole thing. Uh, I mean, a day, a yeah, morning a day. could change the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. A, uh, you know, uh, an international incident, a change in the marketplace, a stock market, a stock market dip. Wow. Maybe I should stop talking. I think all of these things are happening. <laughs> Jeez, um, yeah. 
I mean, it's just it, it's a of course our our hearts and and prayers and well wishes go out to the Ukraine. Oh, um, yeah, we're with you. We're with you, and it's uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But that changes what we work on, and it changes what we what we order. And and uh, I think it's important that um, we we're open to whatever order we set. Mm-hmm. That it's loosely held, and it's malleable. It's changeable in the in in the face of good data. So we make new and better decisions over and over again, but that order does have a value and it's an expression of value. I think Dan's got a good point too. So you watch the flow of it, but I think in a, what what I like about Dan's work is that when we have a good sense of flow in our system, there's not so much pressure to have the order perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's how you look at those, how you look at current value and time to market and how they actually help each other as opposed to it, it shouldn't be two conflicting forces. Yeah. I, I think to Dan's point, ordering at that point can be a just in time decision. What do you, what do you think it's, we're ready to pull. What do we think is valuable? Which I think is like the, 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 the most delayed in our decision-making around value hypothesis that we can tolerate. Right. Which is, which is excellent. So I think there are some good points there too, man. I was thinking that we were, this was going to be an episode where you and I just completely didn't agree. I was kind of like, we're, I think everybody's waiting for one of those. No, I think we're still good. Um, yeah. I, I'm not all the way in with, I mean, Dan's work is very good in this space and he might have a point, but I think there's a moderate approach that makes both sides happy and gives the product owner maximum flexibility. Yeah, I think so too. Cool. I do know one thing we don't agree on is I'm of the Eagle Fan Karate Camp and you are of the Evil Cobra Kai. So there's that. Well, who won the tournament, Todd? Anyway, <laughs> end screen time. Be sure to like and subscribe. Check out the socials. Um, some videos are going to pop up. Uh, we think you're going to like them. The algorithm does too. We've left a lot of information in the show notes, information about the free uh, Scrum framework, the Scrum Master course that we've released. Uh, there's information about our book, our classes, all sorts of cool stuff if you want to stay engaged and working with Todd and I. A lot of uh, pointer to the community is in there as well. So join us at community.agilefreehumans.com where we get a lot more face-to-face time with us. Uh, For Todd Miller, I'm Ryan Ripley. Go forward, do some good things, hug your family, take care of your loved ones. The world is a scary place, but uh, together I think we get through it so much better. And uh, yeah, on that note, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and scrum on.